I'm Luca Doncic and this is Locked On Mavericks Podcast. This is gonna be huge. Yeah. 360 in the contract. Never that. I just take the contact. I bring it back. I'm running on the fast break behind the back. Yeah, this that, this that, this that. Jerk with the You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Engstead, media member at MavsMoneyball.com, and I am joined once again, as always, by my co-host, contributor at Mavs.com. What you got for me, Isaac Harris? Ooh, I slowly got my, I finally got my, my mic working. Nick, I appreciate you holding holding the fort down on Monday. You held it down. On a it classic. was good. I expected to go short of 30 minutes, and like Locked On Maps tradition, I did not. <laughs> even by even by myself, not. I'm long-winded. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, the Sacramento game on, on, on Sunday, uh, you get to see a, a, a super fast De'Aaron Fox come to town, and... But one of the biggest uh, storylines of the game happened before the game. It even got more win today uh, with a with a classic Dave Yeager coming coming through with the epic shade to your boss. Have you ever thrown shade uh, at your boss? At a boss? Uh, probably not. Like in front of him too. Like yeah, maybe not in front of him. I'm not. I try to stay away from that kind of stuff. <laughs> But, yes, we will definitely talk about the shade that was thrown in whatever direction from uh, Dave Yeager, Luca, Marvin Bagley, drafting who should have drafted where and what they should have drafted and who has a ceiling and Durant Westbrook, what? We'll talk all about that kind of thing today. Uh, we'll also talk a little bit more about the Dirk and Maxi situation that I, t- that I touched on yesterday. We'll get Isaac's take on that. He's got some good takes on that. And, uh, but first, Isaac wants to talk about the Trevor Ariza trade. It was a very interesting trade. I touched on it a little yesterday. Uh, we got, we got, we totally missed this whole story of Dylan Brooks, Marshawn Brooks, and which Brooks was going to go, and then finally no Brooks went. And you know, Dallas, Dallas got close to making this uh, mistake this past summer when they submitted it in paperwork uh, to sign Harris, and they submitted it for me. And they kind of had a confusion. They put they put my name down, but then it was like the league freaked out. Like, whoa, we haven't seen like we don't know. And it was in it was supposed to be Devin, so they got it all figured out and sorted out. When you came in to sign it, and you were right handed, that's only. <laughs> uh, but no, what? When you were following this story, what what night did this go down? The Reza thing. I think it was down? Friday was it night. Saturday night. Okay, it was, it was Friday, Friday night. And I said, you know, I got the Woj tweet. If you're obviously, if you're an NBA fan, you have Woj on notification. And I got the got the tweet, and I was like, oh wow, Ariza going to the Wizards. Okay, going and back then, to the Wizards. Yeah, yeah, going back to the Wizards. And when this Lakers thing, you know what my immediate reaction was? I went to my Bill Simmons conspiracy theory and said, you know what? I think the league said no, James Jones. You're not gonna you're not gonna gift them send Trevor another. Ariza also. <laughs> Uh, like he did Tyson guy. Chandler, um, but then so it started trickling out of who it was who was coming back, and I seen Austin Rivers, and then I saw Kelly Oubre, and I'm like, listen, I've been pretty um, pretty vocal, like I haven't been always the biggest fan of of Oubre, but I'm like, are they literally about to get Oubre for an expiring contract? 
And so I was kind of blown away. And then it's like, oh, Memphis is in the deal. And they said the Brooks and they said Dylan Brooks. I'm like, okay, this kind of makes sense now. If it's Marshawn, it makes no sense to me. I'm like, Memphis is getting a steal. I'm like, if Memphis literally lands Kelly Oubre, this young wing who, you know, there's different opinions on how how high you think he's going to be, like his ceiling. I'm like, if Memphis literally gets Kelly Oubre for Marshawn Brooks and Wayne Selden and a second-round pick, I'm going to be pissed because, like, I, I know restricted free agency is coming up, but that was going to be a, a steal. And then it was Dylan, and I was like, okay, like, we kind of—I still think it's a good deal. I still think Oubre is better than Dylan Brooks, um, but still, uh, I was—I uh, was quite shocked. And then it all started unfolding on the uh, the name mix-up, and I just. I'm assuming you are the same way. You were just reading tweets and just laughing. Just dying laughing because what happened, if you guys didn't catch up with the story, if you don't follow the uh, Phoenix Suns trade Twitter or Wizards Twitter, if you don't follow that, which we try to keep up with. (laughs) Probably not. So when trades go down, all parties involved, all teams involved agree on terms, and then they present it to the league. And then the league, this is what happened with the whole Chris Paul situation. The league was... You know, the league owned the the New Orleans Hornets at the time. And so when the league had to you know, go over the terms of the deal, the league turned it down and cited basketball, re- cited basketball reasons, but because the league owned the, the Hornets at the time. And so when the Grizzlies, the Suns, and the Wizards all went, all went together on the call to go talk to the, the NBA about it, present all the sides, present all the pieces that were involved in it, there is this confusion over which Brooks that the, the Grizzlies were including in the deal. Now they have Dylan Brooks, the young guard they got in the second round that we think is going to be pretty good and is pretty nice. And if he was going to go to the Phoenix Suns, that would be weird because him and Devin Booker are kind of like the same thing. He's kind of like a Devin Booker light. And then they also have Marshawn Brooks, who used to be on the Warriors, I think, and he's kind of bounced around a bunch of different he's on the nets he's yeah. on the celtics in that trade i love marshawn brooks he was getting buckets out of providence and I, I was all aboard him coming into the draft but and so he so the suns thought that they were getting uh dylan brooks the grizzlies thought that they were giving up marshawn brooks and then turns out that you know the, the wizards and the suns decided just to to get rid of the grizzlies and be like this is ridiculous and then there's all these comments about uh, the Grizzlies owner Robert Barra coming to the uh, like talking to you know Robert Sarver about it and you know going back and forth and just this confusion and it was it was pretty funny because they didn't know which Brooks was included in the deal and it yeah, even happens with NBA teams. Well, that's one of the weirdest parts about it is like they're both like kind of feuding about it still of like well we never talked about Dylan Brooks in the deal and then another yeah. team's saying no we did talk about it. we even exchanged medicals and all this stuff and Dylan Brooks had a funny tweet that night and it was just and then the very next morning <clears throat> the trade happened again but it was just two teams of direct trade Trevor Reza to Washington for Rivers and Ubre and I'm like literally like it's another thing to where like I get that I don't know it's funny cuz I always kind of thought Ubre was kind of looked at more than what he should, and then it now I've kind of flipped the script some of like, well, dang, I think he's I think he's getting super undervalued now. Yeah, the, a, literally an expiring contract of Ariza in his thirties is now turned into this young Ubre wing that they literally just got for an expiring, 
And, and for Austin at- Rivers, who too, they were so excited to get Austin Rivers this summer. And we talked to Quentin Mayo a while ago when the Mavericks played the Wizards about him and how he's you know struggled and he just doesn't hit threes anymore and he's just having a, a tough go at it. But they were all excited to sign him and like, oh, this is the guard coming off our bench finally that we can take and you know and, and finally shore up our bench a little bit. And they just send him away for Ariza, who, I mean, Ariza is still valuable. He's still a good player. He he destroyed the Mavs the other day. But I guess he's gonna start over Markeith Morris. I mean, yeah. What are they gonna do? They, they, gonna, they bring him off the bench or bring Otto off the they, bench? They might not be done. They might try to trade Otto or something like that. But uh, I did think it was kind of weird. For, I just thought it was a weird trade all along. Uh, I think Washington needs to blow it up, and then yeah, like, this is for, not the way to do it. And, yeah, it's if you not blow it up, you keep Kelly Oubre because, what, like what I said yesterday, the reason why they sent Kelly Oubre in the trade is one, he's valuable, and two, he's a restricted free agent this summer. And so he's going to be available. The Wizards just have – they have no money. Just just none. None monies. This <laughs> none is, of the money. None, none, none uh, of this, the money. This is like you driving a car and it's like breaking down. And you know it's literally like, hey, this is probably going to be the last year. It's like going to survive. And it's like you, go, you going out and spending like, you know, not a ton of money, but a little bit of money on like some new rims. And you're like – why, why would you put new rims on this car that's breaking down? Like, why would you just try to just to add a little something to the car that you know is just going to No, explode? it's more like adding a DVD player to the car. I, did. <laughs> I was trying to give a reason more credit, Nick. Um, but like, A DVD the player will do its job. A DVD player will do exactly what you want it to do. But do you need exactly what it's going to do? <clears throat> that's true. And then with your sons, they still didn't get a point guard. So yeah, I did like well, them. Austin Rivers. No, stop, no. He I'll is a, a point guard. Give me a Kobo. But, yeah, it was just, I just thought it was a super weird trade all along. And, you ha- like, here, here's a question to ask yourself. When I look at Ariza and I look at the expiring contract of this Ariza guy who is a veteran wing uh, that they're bringing in to be this veteran presence and all this stuff, the Mavericks have, an, have one in Wesley Matthews that if they decide to go that route, Wes means a lot to the team. We, we like Wes and like everything. The team loves Wes. But I'm saying like he falls into when you see all these trade columns in which they talk about these expiring wings on these different teams that Wes was mentioned last year by Mark Stein that Dallas was looking uh, at possible chase scenarios. You look at this situation, they make around the same amount of money. <coughs> Would like – would have would Washington have done that? Would Dallas have done a similar type thing if Ariza wasn't there? Of like a West uh, for Ubre and Austin Rivers. What would the fan base think about that for Dallas? What would you know? What, would Dallas even entertain it? I'm not for sure about that because would they want to pay Ubre? And it, that's just it's if my whole thinking behind it is if Dallas did go down that route, come the trade deadline, you look at what Ariza fetched, and I thought Ariza fetched a nice package. Yeah, it was okay. I don't like. I just. I don't. I don't care about the rivers part. But a young wing in Ubre. That yeah. yes, you're going to have to pay him. But like, this is what everybody's dying for right now is these a, a young wing like that. But right. And the Wizards oh. just didn't want the cap next year. They wanted the cap relief, and that's what they're gonna get. Like they couldn't have got better value for Ubre. Like I, on that the was my market. thinking. Like you obviously you very clearly did not want to. I, I, that was my only tweet about it. About like, they really, in all caps, didn't want to pay Ubre. Uh, that you pretty much gave him away uh, for an expiring contract. Like Ariza could very well walk after you know in what six months, five months. 
He could very well walk in five months and you have nothing for Ubre. Yeah, especially if they don't make the playoffs. That's uh, quite interesting. But, oh well, it's Grunfeld. There's a list going around Wizards Twitter of all the wasted assets that the Wizards have, like, wasted on the, over the last, you know, eight years or so. And it's kind of funny to, to read it. And after every single thing where it's like, we sent this for this, nothing was gained from this asset. <laughs> like, afterwards. And then it was like, traded this for Marcin Gortat. At least something was gained from this asset. <laughs> but not <laughs> yes. much. And so... Uh, all right, there you go. That's the that's the trade. We love trades. It's one of our favorite things in the NBA. Love player movement, and that's why we talk about trades, even with Mavericks players. We just love the idea of trades and trying to figure out value and which team gets better and why. And um, the, the, this this trade doesn't make the Suns any better. This this trade makes the Suns worse right now. Yes, yeah. I don't. I I think it has just it makes them a little deeper at least. Yeah, it gives it makes them a little bit deeper. I think it theoretically. Puts, uh, I think it puts a, a huge target on Josh Jackson. I think Josh Jackson is the one that will be moved for a point guard now. Because it's like why why have these wings now? Why have Ubre and Jackson? They're both younger, like stuff like like yeah. I I think Mikel Bridges like you're gonna you're getting right if you're trading for Ubre, which now that you've traded for him, you can't repackage him in a deal, which you could I guess by himself, but not with like other players. <clears throat> it's after that deadline, but. You probably you might intend on paying him or something, but I could see him going out and moving Josh Jackson for a point guard and then Uber replacing Josh Jackson. Well, it makes awesome. jo- it makes Josh Jackson a full time four pretty much. Yeah, with Bridges now and Uber, it's kind of you know, and Uber is not lighting the world on fire either. He's he's got to prove things now too. True, it's so weird that I'm on this side of the spectrum now with him because I just never thought. I always thought people overvalued him, but anyway. do you think he, maybe he had something to do with this you know, locker room stuff? I've, I haven't heard, read it or heard anything about it, but maybe that's why know. they were so quick to like get rid of him. I don't know anything about him personally, so I don't, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. All right, let's take a break. And when we come back, ho, 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 perhaps there's an idea that there was a ceiling on him. I don't see it, unfortunately for us, but he's great for them and he's great for the league. I'll tell you who said it. And who he was talking about coming up next. All right, Isaac. Kings coach Dave Yeager had some comments. He had some things to say about Luka Doncic. The Kings had the number two pick in the draft. They very well could have picked Luka Doncic in the draft. A lot of people thought they were going to pick Luka in the draft. We talked about yesterday how Luka thought that the Kings were going to pick him in the draft because... Vlade and the front office went over to Real Madrid. They had dinner together. They talked all about it. And uh, it's kind of a weird thing about the draft is that you have, it's almost like, man, the ringer or somebody should do this video where these draft prospects are treated like the bachelor or the bachelorette, where they have all these dates. And now you start having all this little history with all these, (laughs) all these people or all these front offices and you have their number. And we talked about how Carlisle still, you know, keeps in con kept in contact with Wendell Carter jr. Even up until the draft. Cause they thought maybe they would pick him in Mo Bamba yeah. as well, you know, keeping in contact with them. And it's just, it's so interesting how that works. And now you have these relationships with these really young players. Well, you so see like Dennis, Dennis, Dennis thought that he was going to be a member of the magic. Like he, I remember when the magic first came to town back last year and he was asked about it. He said, yeah, <clears throat> he said, yeah, he had that workout. Uh, they posted, somebody posted a picture of him in that magic workout shirt after his pre-draft workout. He said, yeah, I thought I was going to Orlando for sure. And they took Jonathan Isaac. <clears throat> he had that dinner with Phil Jackson 
um, in the Knicks. Try to make him eat octopus. I, yeah, <laughs> the octopus thing. Like all this stuff happened. You seen the the famous picture of you know, of uh, of Cuban and them overseas meeting no. with Frank Nelikina. You know, like it's stuff like that that all these people and all these new relationships are formed. And yeah, I mean that picture. Uh, that picture of Luca and Vladi them circulated on Instagram because uh, um, I'm drawing a blank. What's the King's owner's name? Vivek Ranadive. Yeah, 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 yeah. Vivek's son posted that uh, picture on on his Instagram, and it's like him and Vladi and his dad, <clears throat> and it's Luca, and everybody freaked out about it during towards the draft time. They're like, oh my gosh, this is big time, and then they pass on him, and uh, man, uh, it sounds like Dave Yeager did not want to pass on him. Yeah, so the quote was, like I said before the break, perhaps there was an idea that there was a ceiling on him. I don't see it, unfortunately for us. But he's great for them, and he's great for our league. Talking about Luka and talking about how... um, My my question on this quote, and this garnered a lot of interest, is I don't... The the thing about him having a ceiling... You know, perhaps there was an idea that there was a ceiling. So that, that makes it sound like he's throwing shade at the front at the King's front office saying that somebody said, oh, there's a ceiling on this guy. Marvin Bagley doesn't have a ceiling, which we, we've talked about even in pre-draft. We're saying Luka is going to be good right now. He has a ceiling, um, but he can break it for sure if, if certain things happen for him, if he's able to do certain things. And we think he's already done some of those things now. Marvin Bagley doesn't have a ceiling, but we're not sure he's we're not sure about his floor either. Luca has a high floor. Marvin Bagley has a pretty low floor. He could be, you know, like an Anthony Randolph. He could be a Hakeem Warwick kind of guy. Where, you know, we're just what are where I don't know what to do with you. And so, um, so that was kind of the the thoughts maybe in the Kings front office that Luca had a ceiling. Dave Yeager says I don't see it. Unfortunately for us, now, <laughs> did he not see it before the draft? And so now he's putting them on blast, saying I didn't see it. I didn't see it then. Or yeah. is he saying he doesn't see the ceiling now that he's seen him play what nineteen games in the NBA so far? Didn't he say? Didn't he use the word no, more than didn't, nineteen? Games. How many games is? Did he use did not or uh, do not? He said, "I don't see it." Okay, if he says I don't, then you could probably go that route of it's a present thing. Like, Hey, I don't see it. I don't see the ceiling. But if he, if he said, I didn't see the route or I didn't see the ceiling, uh, then that, that is clearly, clearly shade for sure. Now right. we're breaking down the exact uh, words. Now Lucas played 27 games, by the way, I have no idea where I just pulled 19 from. I think I was thinking of something else, but anyway, <laughs> it's but so it's rare. super funny because a lot of people that got a lot of national attention, that quote, because it looked like just especially with the past, um, few months with Jaeger in that front office and it looked like he it made it look like to fans that he was on the Luca train the front office wasn't and you know he was kind of admitting that a little bit it took what uh 24 hours for less him to that. respond to this less than that and I please think. please give us this great overcorrection. you know when you like swerve off the road <laughs> and you like kind of try to swerve back on and the whole overcorrect thing and you can't overcorrect uh, yes, this is the definition of trying to overcorrect Dave Jaeger. You're supposed to turn into the skid, Isaac. <laughs> Especially when there's snow and ice, you turn into the skid. This is from John uh, Krasinski, which not the office guy, the uh, reporter for The Athletic. <laughs> Isaac almost spit out his water. Kings coach Dave Jaeger pushed back. Can you imagine if, if Jim from The Office is like reporting on this? Yes. Recently off of his success from The Quiet Place and Jack... <laughs> Ryan 
Anyway, Kings coach Dave Yeager pushed back hard on suggestion that his comments yesterday about Luka Doncic were indicative of a rift with the front office. Quote, there's no veiled shots at anybody. So maybe they're not veiled shots. Maybe they're just straight up shots. (laughs) They could just be straight on shots. Yeah. Uh, He continues, quote, when we drafted Marvin Bagley at two, we were high-fiving like crazy, which by the way, has there ever been a team ever in the history of professional sports, whether that's the NHL, the NBA, Major League Baseball, uh, MLS, like anything, Premier, in the Premier League, they buy their players. But uh, <laughs> in any of these places where there was a draft, your team, the team picks a player and they don't high-five or celebrate or get excited about that person. <laughs> every every team has a story come out. Can you imagine if not if it's like Detroit and it's like Stan Van Gundy saying, "Yeah, we took Luke Kennard," and you know it's kind of a somber mood in, in the draft room. And uh, we think he can, he can be good, but he just really wasn't a player we was looking for at, at that spot. Yeah, he <laughs> goes he goes. There were slight nods to each other. <laughs> <laughs> we turned and looked and made made eye contact and slightly nodded at each other. So he continues, when we drafted Marvin Bagley at two, we were high-fiving like crazy. We got the right guy for us. This is from Dave Yeager, the coach of the Kings. This isn't going to be a story in three days, and it'll definitely be buried five years from now when we have. Okay, pause there. This won't be a story in three days. Like he's saying that this will just be go away in three days. That was where I was confused too. Was he Because we don't know the question. We just know the quote. So – this isn't going to be a story. Maybe the idea of his comments yesterday saying that uh, he said, you know, unfortunately for us, he do- Luca doesn't have a ceiling. So maybe him thinking that, you know, they should have taken Luca. This isn't going. To- that's not going to be a story in three days. Okay, okay. This isn't going to be a story in three days, and it probably won't because the Mavs and the Kings won't play in three days. He said, and it'll definitely be buried five years from now when we have, and I quote. Dave Yeager said when we have the next Durant Westbrook, that's how good they're going to be. Talking about De'Aaron Fox and Marvin Bagley. Is that not just great? That's the, that's one of the worst overcorrect. Like He turned into that skid so hard that now it's on his face. Like, bro, I'm glad that you – he started off and it's like, okay, Yeager like defended. Cause that, I, I kind of felt bad for Bagley last night because I'm like, oh, dang, your coach He's, is kind of yeah. – not even uh, playing he's not even out there yeah. didn't get a chance no. to defend himself i'm like okay jaeger came out and defended and whoa not only defend it but we're gonna say you're you're gonna be the next uh durant and uh i think you know i think it's it's clearly the same even fox the westbrook is uh is a stretch but like at least fox is showing glimpse of it like he looks i mean yeah like an, an, an the next like star you know point guard he was stealing and, rebounds from deandre and everything <laughs> people can do that um but Bagley to Durant um that is a duo that you are uh you are setting your sights high Dave Yeager when uh, your sights right now should just be uh trying to make it to the rest of the season Marvin Bagley 23 minutes a game 12 12 and a half points six boards less than one assist one block one and a half one and a half turnovers (laughs) shooting 53 percent from the field 35% 35% from three on one attempts per game. And I like Bagley. shooting 68% from the line. I was uh, I was all in on Bagley and still like his talent a lot. It's just, man, you're going to say this duo right here. I mean, that that's that's like, 
that's like Rick Carlisle coming out like tomorrow and be like, yeah, you know, y'all wait in the next five years when we have Larry Bird and Luka Doncic that is going to be leading our team. Like, you're putting some like <laughs> you put hefty expectations. Like when you start mentioning names, especially like when that, Rick Carlisle uh, played with Larry Bird. Exactly, exactly. I want somebody to ask him about it. Because I actually don't think the comparison's that like that far off now. There's a lot of crazy similarities and stuff of Bird's game to Luca's, but oh yeah, he would he would walk around it. I feel like no, oh, yeah, oh yeah, for sure. All right, let's take a quick break. When we come back, we'll discuss this a little bit more, and then we'll uh, we'll touch briefly on the Maxi and Dirk situation. All right, Isaac. So I okay. Fox and Bagley could end up being very, very good. But to put this kind of a Durant-Westbrook next thing is just, is just very ridiculous. But I still think they can be very good. That's not what we're saying. We're not laughing at the idea that they could be you know, potentially potential MVPs. But those two guys are both MVPs of the league. That just doesn't happen. Yes. It does not happen. Ever. Yes. Maybe, I mean, it, it might be on Vladdy's whiteboard. Fox and Bagley equals Durant and Westbrook. Um, when's the last time a team drafted two players that won an MVP with like within the same, what was it? Two years, three years, four years. Gosh, I don't know. I mean, it's going to be the Mavericks with Luca and Dennis. And, I don't even. Yeah. In the future, maybe the warriors, but the warriors didn't draft Durant. I guess they just, they just had both the players. Yeah, that's true. That's true. But yeah, they didn't draft him. What like what if we we talk about this um, and we've talked about it off the pod too? But like, what if Sacramento did take Luca, and like, what would this Sacramento like? How much higher like Bagley coming off the bench and all this stuff? How much of a higher? How much higher of a ceiling would this Sacramento team have? And I know there's a lot of conversation with would Fox be having the same type of year? Would like but like all this different stuff. But if you're just taking one into the other, and let's say Luca put him on that Kings team with Buddy Hield and Fox and this young Willie Cauley Stein, how would they be viewed as young cores in the league? Man. Well, it, if you start thinking about who has young cores in the league, you know, Denver, the team that the Mavericks are playing Tuesday night. That team, you know, stands out with Jokic and Murray and Gary Harris. That one stands out. The Lakers stand out with Lonzo, Kuzma, Ingram, uh, Josh Hart. The uh, even the the Celtics still with with Tatum and uh, Jalen Brown. Man, if they had Luca, Fox, Buddy, because Buddy is a better shooter than anybody the Mavericks have. Yeah, and Fox is percentage wise for sure. Fox is better than than Dennis right now. And I feel like Fox, man, the way that he's improved as a three-point shooter, he would compliment Luka so well with the, the whole, like, hustle and flow thing. You know, where you have and, one guy that just goes straight line, another one, and Luka that can do the side-to-side stuff. And, and, Bogdan, and Bogdan, you know, Fox is 21. Buddy and Willie Cauley-Stein are both 25. And Bogdan's 26. So it's like you like, it's just crazy to think about that. You know, they would have to like. Let's just assume they still have Belitza. Like, it's not like Bagley or their draft choice impacted that. If they ran out of lineup of Fox, Buddy, Luca, Belitza, and and Willie Cauley Stein, I mean, I just I like, 
this is where it comes into the Bagley Luca conversation of Bagley can be good and I think he will be good. But and even though they're doing well right now and Fox is having such a good year, it's kind of overshadowing that Bagley Luca decision, I think, a little bit. But I think as this goes along, I think it almost magnifies it of man, Luca is the rookie of the year. Could you imagine with the squad and how much farther along would they be and how they would be viewed uh around the league as this as this new young core but as Mavs fans it's uh we're happy that it didn't happen oh definitely well the Mavs fans would gladly take the problems that 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 team would have (laughs) and and Brian and I I want to mention this like on on ESPN's latest uh one of their latest podcasts Brian Windhorst was on it and he mentioned, he's like, he said, I have no inside knowledge, nothing about this, whatever. He said, but you have to assume with the Mavericks uh, locked in on Luka before the draft, you have to assume that they called up Sacramento and offered the same exact deal that they offered to yeah. Atlanta. And when you're Sacramento and you don't have your 2019 pick and you're in this rebuild, <laughs> rebuilding stage and you're out on Luka, why wouldn't they do the Luka trade and with the Mavericks and get their 2019 pick back and move back three spots? Especially if you think Atlanta's going to take Trey Young, you know, they still like him and stuff. Or like if if one of those options, if you knew Memphis was locked in on Jaron Jackson, it really came down to, you have to assume Dallas did make that offer. And it really just had to for them to come down to, that's how sold they were on Marvin Bagley. Yeah, and then that that intel probably came into the, you know, the uh, the Mavericks decision, and maybe the Mavericks only offered them the West part of that deal, saying that they would take salary for salary, you know, like take on a big a big salary, which the Kings don't really have that many big salaries, but maybe they take like a Kufis or somebody that they wouldn't have a lot of use for, and uh, and maybe they do they just got to that point and it didn't escalate to the point where the Mavericks were offering their 2019 draft pick because that wasn't initially in the deal. Yeah, the whole Baysmore, West Matthews swap and all that stuff. But, I mean, if you're the Kings and you could have got that 2019 Mavs pick and still walked away with, a, if Bagley wasn't there at five, a Jaron Jackson, um, you know, insert whoever it was that, you know, they, they would have liked. Crap, well, they liked Michael Porter Jr., but, uh, <laughs> uh, oh, well. Yeah, their, anyway, season could, a, their season could be very different. It's just a it's just a weird uh, fun wrinkle that the Kings don't get talked. It's all about the Hawks for the most part because that's who the deal was made, and the Hawks suck and like all this stuff. Um, but the, since the Kings are doing well, it doesn't get talked about a ton. But I think over time, it could become a bigger conversation. And it'll become a bigger conversation the better the Mavericks get. Yeah, for sure. And the more awards that Luca wins, more rookies of the month that he will forget in the arena. All right, guys. So we'll touch more on the uh, the Dirk Maxey situation tomorrow after the the Nuggets game. We'll have a post game podcast. We'll talk about it. I'm sure it'll come up again because Dirk will probably play again, and so we'll talk more about that then. But guys, thanks so much for joining us on a uh, another Lockdown Mavs Nuggets tonight, Tuesday night. If you're listening to this, and uh, just be thankful for Luca. Maybe another loss could come and everything will be falling. The sky will be falling, but you still have Luca. That's where the hope is. If Dallas beats Denver tonight, does that wipe away the last two losses? Cause like, like I feel like these last two losses in a row, the fan base are kind of, is kind of down right now. They're a little upset and they like, it's funny how our expectations have changed now. And to win the past two seasons, it felt like we just lost every other game. 
and now we've lost two and there's fans are frustrated and mad and like all this stuff and like chill like we're still good we still have Luka and we'll be fine but um I feel like a huge win over the Nuggets would be massive and even like maybe a close loss uh, would still be at least a a, a a slight positive for the fan base and team and stuff. I just don't want them to go out and get beat by like 25. Yeah, this Denver team is rolling. They've uh, won three in a row. They're they've won eight out of the last ten, and uh, they are the first. They're the best team in the Western Conference, not the NBA right now, but the, the second best team in the NBA. They're 20 and nine, so they're rolling. So this is a team coming in that is. Uh, Man, they're poised. <laughs> they're poised to uh, go on a big run. DeAndre versus Jokic will be uh, obviously a matchup to watch. That will be, um, yeah, that that will be uh, how Jokic plays around with his passing and playmaking and DeAndre. And um, I don't know. I think it'll be a good game. I'm looking forward to it a lot. Looking forward to it too, guys. Thanks so much for listening to Locked On Map. Peace out. Boom. Boom.